1: To Do You Like Scary Movies, a podcast deep dive exploring the world of horror in a film and examining the undercurrents that allowed this genre to thrive in the last century. I'm Jordan Paul, an actor, photographer and horror enthusiast. Can I say expert? yet? Yeah. And joining me again through this journey is writer and director Theo Trainer. Theo, welcome back.
0: Well, hey, my credentials are back this episode. They're back, they're pending. I'd also like to in- introduce Lorraine this okay. episode. Yeah. Hey, this, Lorraine!
1: This is the first time we're recording this series in person. Mm. And it's so exciting. What an episode to do it on. So much better, hopefully. So, before we get into the 1980s horror film, do 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 do, Bop, um, let's talk about last episode. You know, we discussed the atomic, we discussed the first renaissance um so atomic let's talk about it we talked alien films we ah. talked big bomb
0: creatures big bomb what were your takeaways um i'm raking my mind what did we even talk about this episode um what did we talk about we talked about so we talked about like um aliens from yeah the aliens and stuff did we talk like about that. alien i don't actually think we talked about alien but is that more than this
1: I no no. I personally myself you think as Jordan as Paul, I think of it as sci-fi. And I obviously think it horror in that era there was such a blend between horror and sci-fi. But to me, it's not scary enough. Right, it's more on the science. So I, in my mind and my truth, okay. I class it in the sci-fi box. Mm.
0: But it's still a good watch. Yeah, in fact, we saw a film. Uh, well, we City film. is not a horror film, but they it's very much that era where they were yeah. obsessed with aliens. So it was like... It was about an alien. There was an alien there. There was an alien.
1: Oh, spoilers. Both... <laughs> spoilers. Well, um, what else did we see? Oh, we saw The Boogeyman. Oh, yeah.
0: Disappointed. Disappointed. What? what where does that fit in in the horror scheme? She's what, that coming. Say, is that Supernatural? Uh, it's a monster movie, kind of. Supernatural,
1: slasher, alien... Weird grief movie, <laughs> grief movie. Yeah, I feel like we could do a whole podcast episode on grief on movies grief. at this
0: stage. Um, yeah. Um, My so we ways. talked that. We talked religious trauma. Oh, yeah. Trauma, trauma, trauma. trauma. We're talking about worst her in this trauma episode. I've ever seen. We do. We talk trauma. Jimmy Lee Curtis trauma, generational um,
1: trauma, trauma. <laughs> um, what else did we talk? I I had a thought actually watching the boogeyman because it was very deep rooted in trauma it almost felt like if it came out in the 1970s i would have liked it a lot more <laughs> <laughs> you're like they don't, make them like, these they don't make them like these anymore um but no it was good and go and see it if it's you all want right. to yeah. go and see it actually just go and see it support i still enjoyed horror. myself support it i yeah. had a little laugh i had a little oh um, and that's all sometimes you need from a horror film. Yeah. See, I personally like a horror film that makes me go home and shit the bed. But it didn't happen with this one. Your I sheets probably won't for a while. There was still
0: white. Oh! oh, What a shame! When was also shit the bed at all? Probably the quiet ones in 2014. I've heard of
1: that. <laughs> it's a good film. Um, I did not shit the bed. I was just a little spooky. Ooh, that was good. Right, it was okay. really, really good. We, we must watch. Um, but, anyways, we'll get to that stage because right now we're in—not there yet. We're <laughs> right to today. Yes. I thought we have a little play around. We'll have a little chat about the slasher era, one of my favourite genres, subgenres of the horror franchises. Uh, we'll talk about the all too famous Final Girl, and we'll talk about the beautiful nuance and film noir aesthetic of found footage movies. Lovely, j'vois. So. Shall I just
0: get into it? Oh, this rain is getting heavy. This rain is getting heavy. She's I wonder if it's it. adding to it or if it's taken away. Hopefully it's adding. Listeners, let us know. Do you like the rain? <laughs> we're not doing it ourselves. Just, but... Because
1: if you like it, I'll just get my brother to stand by the hose next week. Right. <laughs>
0: He'll love it. He loves the job. Um, No, we're right now. Hopefully this is, doesn't get too heavy. But anyway. We'll
1: <laughs> so. The 1980s was potentially the biggest decade for horror so far. After we survived the atomic age and got a taste of religious trauma explored through a lens of fear, people thought horror had firmly established itself as a respected genre of cinema. But it wasn't until the boom of horror films in the 1980s that horror's younger sister, the slasher film, really found its spot in the limelight. Slashers have the unique ability to vivisect culture while dissecting helpless victims on limited budgets. Roger Ebert's beloved dead teenager flicks, with their Regan-era excess, their gallons of blood and bushels of gore, their copious nudity and every-man-for-himself mentality, their capsules of the Gordon ghetto decade. You might say that Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger were the Donald Trumps of their time. They trampled over bystanders to get what they wanted and a certain sect of American society embraced them. Slasher films reached an apex during the 1980s. Their gross grandeur and unrestricted derangement often achieved through cheap and laughable practical effects that fooled no one but satisfied the myriad of horror fans are rooted in the more-is-better mindset. The 1980s trend of horror was kicked off with Friday the 13th, which follows a group of teenage camp counselors who are murdered one by one by an unknown killer while attempting to reopen an abandoned summer camp with a tragic past. The film's production and development was prompted by the success of John Carpenter's Halloween, which haunted cinemas across America in the late 70s and instantly solidified Michael Myers, the movie's killer, as a horror icon. Friday the 13th was a success, proving to filmmakers the demand for these gory murder mysteries was high and leading to a catalogue of famous horror killers. So Theo, what are your thoughts on the slasher subgenre? Is it something that you look out for in film? Is it something that you sort of champion? Is it a comfort for you? What does slasher mean to Theo Trainer?
0: I actually don't pay that much attention to slashers. Oh, I typically... I don't have much against them, but I feel like they're quite... The I more mean, of the most repetitive genre. In, they have in a there. very firm structure. Yeah. The, once you go off it, the movie doesn't make sense.
1: But if you veer into it too much, it gets too cringy. You have to really find that balance.
0: Yes, and I believe we'll get into that, the, the the negative re- the, uh, repercussions. Oh, honey, we'll the... get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... Um, yeah no I just I'm not a, big, a huge fan. I'm, they tend to have lots of fucking sequels don't they? Like the yes. most, too many. Far too many, too many. We'll get it there. Yeah. But um, I I don't mind a slasher. You like it? I
1: I do. There's something about that sort of um melodramatic blood spill you don't and gut ladder <laughs> and screaming and cry. the the thing that I always think of the scene that I always think of mm. when I hear slasher. It's actually from a real horror film. It's from Scary Movie. From one of them, one of the many sequels. Um, yeah, love there's it's like a parody of Scream. You know Scream? Yes. Um Scream. And it's this blonde girl who's getting chased down mm. by the ghost face of Scary Movie, and she's like, Oh, is this the part where I <laughs> run and defend myself, but I yeah. trip and hurt my leg? And
0: then <laughs> like, she breaks her leg. <laughs> oh,
1: it's so funny! And then she's like, Is this the, the part, part where, where I, I beg for my <laughs> life? <laughs>
0: And, and this,
1: then he's like, what the fuck? He's like, what the fuck is she doing? And she's like, oh, Mr. Killer, don't kill me! That <laughs>
0: actually says me, Farrell. I love it so much. I the like when he, so like, so stabs good. her tit and pulls out her Pulls Pulls her tit! <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I love it's so so Scary Movie. Scary Movie is actually one of the greatest comedies.
1: Because it, it it does it in a way where it's not poking fun. It's nodding to It's, it's cinema. like a...
0: Like oh, I love you horror films. This is my yeah. my
1: love letter. It's like, did you ever get that friend and their love language is hating on you? <laughs> it's like right. you get into your car and you're like, they're like, why are you wearing that fanny? But you <gasps> know they mean it with love. That is scary movie to the horror franchises. Uh-huh. Um, and it's great. But also, I wanted to ask like, how do we thought? Why do you think American audiences chased this like gore fear factor? Because obviously we've seen everything else so far that we've talked about has resembled something in our life. You know, we talked about the uh, Nazi occupation of Germany impacting the earlier horror films. We talked about the atomic age being impacted by all this fear of nuclear fallout. What do you think sort of prompted this sort of slasher era to really boom and take off?
0: Mm. well I mean you. I actually didn't think about it. it was specifically American I can't think of a non-American slasher movie Can well there are I'm I sure think a few... but like popular ones like what? not Tell really me. popular because there's not very many in English which is the unfortunate thing uh, oh of, yeah there's like some Japanese
1: ones some Japanese ones so that are yeah. really really good and the big big shame is a lot of the time a Japanese horror film will be made and it'll be amazing it'll be picked up and remade by an American, an American studio yeah, and shit. it'll just completely overtake Oh. Yeah, like if you think the ring, if you think the Grudge. Oh yeah. They all started off as these beautiful, that, yeah. amazing, intriguing, creepy ...interesting, mysterious horror movie.
0: Oh they really fucking do. And um, it's a shame. But also but I don't know what... was this like were they what's what area was
1: this, like the eighties? Yeah, we're talking eighties now. Well what was going on in the world in the eighties? We had the sort mm. of fallout from the Vietnam War, uh did we have the Korean War? That was, was the 50s. It ongoing, we that had was the 50s. fall of the Berlin Wall.
0: That was, or was that the late 90s. 80s? What were the 80s like, guys? Well, <laughs> no, I mean, Kim Wilde was there. She we was had there. Elton John. We had. What well, was there like a we... serial killer obsession then? Maybe. Probably. Well, like who was it? Was Ted Bundy? Was uh, he 80s? Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't want to like. Maybe it's still Jack the Ripper. We've always loved him. We always loved him. I don't know. Why do? Do, do you know why? Movie? I don't know why. See, I was doing lots of Word research. So I couldn't really find something
1: that prompted it. I think it was just
0: there was one me- movie. It was mainly and then, for and greed. I did well, yeah. and then they were like, "Jump on this new trend." Essentially, yeah. Right. I think that's what it was, walls,
1: which is something that we see in other sort of forms of cinema, like rom coms, like dramas. But we don't usually see it in the horror, and this it's is always. I prompted think, by this history. is the first instance of capitalism taking over horror. <gasps> <I can't laughs> to say it, but I think it is. Oh my god. Um, Because people just got greedy for money, honey, in the 80s, and we're Uh living the American dream.
0: The American dream.
1: Let's get into it. Wes Craven, a horror fanatic, released A Nightmare on Elm Street in 1984 to rave reviews. The villain, Freddy Krueger, the spirit of a child murderer, became a staple in the horror genre and a pop culture icon due to his comedic tone and Christmas jumper fashion. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't only the character that made the film a success. The inspiration for the screenplay came from an LA Times article about refugees from Southeast Asia dying in their sleep after suffering terrible nightmares. In Craven's mind, through a lens of creativity and imagination, this mysterious illness personified itself in the form of Freddy Krueger. While the production drama wasn't on a Don't Worry Darling level, the production of the original Nightmare film was fairly fraught with problems, such as technical mishaps, actors dropping out or asking for far too much money, and tension between Bob Shea, the film's producer, and Craven over the ending. But in the end, the tension of a studio putting everything on the line translated into the final product, and the rest is history. Craven's 1984 film is a masterclass in pacing, tension, scares and boasts an iconic movie monster performance from Robert Englund. But later sequels would up the ante. An on Elm Street in 1984 was a key milestone in the slasher subgenre and horror as well. It showed that with a creative mind the plot of the slasher film could be compelling and have the audience on the edge of their seats with a psychological horror element sprinkled in it. Theo... Why the fuck was A Nightmare on Elm Street such a success? I mean, I think growing up for me, Nightmare on Elm Street was always this, like, god-tier horror film. And, like, I don't even think anyone ever really talked about it. It was just something I'd
0: sort of came to accept. Right. Um, Have you seen it? That's a starting point. Have you seen A Nightmare on Elm Street? I think I saw it when I was too young. But I actually oh. don't really remember much of it at mm. all. That's another, like, multiple sequels thing, isn't yeah. it, where they got a bit corny? They did. I think... Is that the one where he had a glove at one point? He was he like... Has, <laughs> he has a wee glove with his like, and stuff. That's like I No, no, no. Oh, it doesn't matter. There's, like, another one where he had, like, a little electrical glove. I don't know. But like, that's one of the, like, scary movie. <laughs> or oh, maybe it was. I don't know. Um, um, I think that this movie done well. I can just
1: picture tons and tons and tons of sleepover parties and little like, slumber
0: parties,
1: ah! and they're watching Nightmare on Elm Street, because right. it's the one movie that... What protects you from a horror film is what gets you. Oh yeah! You know, whenever you were younger and you were scared of monsters under the bed, you went to sleep and it was okay. Yeah. But in this film, it's when you go to sleep he gets you because he comes uh-huh. in your dreams. So right, it's, it's turning that initial childhood fear against you, and what you saw as safe is now unsafe and dangerous. And I think that was really interesting and appealing to an American audience right. and a Western audience at that because this killer wasn't we, masked as well. This killer was not <laughs> masked. And he spoke. Mm. A lot of um, killers and monsters don't speak. That's what makes them creepy. But The fact that like he was over face. here being witty looking yeah. like a dad at a Christmas gig. But he Why? still scared the shit clean. of you like
0: why what No, I was just thinking like why did they like it, he's a weird looking like the fact that he has a hat on the fact that he has that jumper on he's not necessarily that scary really to no. me maybe he was then but just he yeah. looks a bit goofy
1: when you look at him he does look a bit goofy <laughs> but I guess whenever like you're like haha he's funny and then he's slicing you up in your dreams right that's a bit of a who a was of the actor again when played him Robert Eelglund. he's good he's very very good he was actually with Um, he played the character in all of the remakes all of the sequels apart from the Ah, uh, one
0: on what was he called? Johnny Depp, Wait, he, John Depp was in the O.J. though, right? Yes, I think he played, he played Wii one boy. of the Wee Boys. Yeah. <laughs> Wins. Wins. Wins! But did um, he play Freddy Krueger?
1: I think he did. No! Yeah. It's been a while since I've watched the remake because I prefer the original. No, yeah. Is that um, the
0: one that has an origin story and all in it? Yeah, it's a bit much. Yeah. It's a It's a humanized much. much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
1: like to humanize the villain. I like to leave them at a villain and that's that. I don't um, like the grey area.
0: What about you? <laughs> um makes them a tad bit less makes them a lot less scary. Yeah. Because then it's like Oh, he was just a little boy, he was he like, was in a, neglected in an accident.
1: <laughs> I'm like can people just not be killers anymore? Is that a thing? <laughs> I just well, want a cold blooded prick to come and murder people. I won't be scared of that bitch. Be it. Yeah. I'm not scared of people because they go to therapy and then they'll be fine, (laughs) but like I need someone who just has evil in them. It's been a while since we've got a horror like that, that's what I'm on the look for at the minute. If slashers are known for one thing beside their masked killer and the overwhelming amount of fake blood, it's the final girl. The trope has been so overused and referenced that it has become almost a parody of itself. The simplest definition of this is the last character left alive to confront the killer. The character in question tends to follow a certain set of characteristics, the most obvious one is being almost always female. Especially in older works, she'll almost certainly be a virgin. Remain fully clothed, avoid sex because sex signals death in a horror film and probably won't drink alcohol, smoke tobacco or take drugs either. Finally, she'll probably turn out to be more intelligent and resourceful than the other victims, occasionally even evolving into a type of like action girl by the movie's end. Looking at the sorting algorithm of mortality, you could say that the final girl is a combination of the hero, the cutie and the damsel in distress, which obviously gives her a very, very low deadness score. The final girl is usually, but not always, brunette, often in contrast to the promiscuous blonde who traditionally gets killed off first, and the slasher era provides... The slasher-era movies proved star vehicles for some final girl actors such as Jamie Lee Curtis and Sigourney Weaver, catapulting them from unknown to stardom almost overnight.
0: Theo, do you like We wee final Girly? Yeah, and I got a thing... Because obviously America was quite Christian still, right? Yeah, they were very so still. So they're trying to be like... It almost feels like they're trying to scare the wee girlies into like... Yeah, be a good little girly and you'll live. Exactly. Or you be a bad little girl you die. alcohol, and you'll die. If you have a vape and if you have sex, you'll get killed! Yeah! That's what they <laughs> say. Your head, is your hair is actually blonde? <laughs> 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 what did they have against blonde people? That's well, my question. Is blonde bamboo? they're like, no, no, no. No, no, no,
1: you can't be having that over <laughs> here in the Americas because you'll die! <laughs> You have to be virgin, not smoke, and be a natural brunette, otherwise you've no hope, honey. Mm -hmm. And see if you're a man,
0: you're the killer. Confirmed!
1: So wait, what were we saying? Who's my... Who's your ultimate final girl? Who's your favourite? My favourite? Your final girl crush, if you will. what? Your final girl
0: crush, if you will. Excuse me. I I believe you're the half. (laughs) I'm sorry. We got confused. (laughs) No, um... When well okay, when you say final goal, yes, I do think Sigourney Weaver. I also think of who do you call? It? Um, what's her name? Naomi. Scream. Who her name? Neve, Neve Campbell. Not Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi. Neve Campbell. was <laughs> Naomi Campbell and Naomi. Cam- <gasps> was she? Um. <laughs> yeah, she's probably the one that immediately comes to mind because she's in literally every fucking movie. She's i got bother- a um, I think for me,
1: my ultimate final girl is Neve Campbell. Yeah. Um, I love Sydney Prescott. She's one of my favourite characters in any horror film ever. So much that I've actually named my car after her. Sydney. Sydney. I was about to say Neve. Neve. <laughs> 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 um, I just think she's a boss-ass bitch and I love Scream. Scream does really interesting things and we're, we're gonna get into it in a wee bit, but Scream is one of my favourite franchises and I think so much because it really, really does push that final girl trope.
0: Scream 4 was my first slasher film, I Int- think, and I think Whoa. about it. I was, like, 12. What an introduction. I know. I didn't love it. I did like it, actually. I do remember liking it. I don't know why I said yeah. I didn't love it. I didn't love I it. I don't know. I think... It's fun facts.
1: <laughs> I, I, I do enjoy a final girl trope. I love when I'm watching a movie that isn't sort of marketed as like a final girl film but then you sort of you spot a final girl and you go oh it's her
0: mm. um and i get all excited like, knowing that my favorite won't die <laughs> even well i'm trying to think is it just sasha movies that typically have final girl? can you have like a paranormal movie with a final girl yeah yeah i guess you
1: could but i i doubt it would have the same effect because then you don't get that big payoff at the so, end yeah when the final girl fights the killer and mm. all of it's a sudden Lurian she's Warren. been The a... Lorraine <laughs> Warren is the ultimate final girl. <laughs> You're so fucking right! <laughs> that Queen. I hope she's doing well up in heaven.
0: Up in heaven, she can do well.
1: Uh. As the years went on, the slasher's of genre of horror quickly became oversaturated with sequels of villains we had once loved. A Nightmare on Elm Street hosted an impressive seven-movie franchise, not including a tag team slasher with Jason and an entire reboot of the series with Johnny Depp in the 2000s. By 1996, studios turned their back on horror. Nothing new was coming. All the money that could have been brought in from these pop culture icons had been cashed. The slasher era was quickly and abruptly coming to an end. But when there's a will, there's a way. In 1996, Wes Craven quickly realised this oversaturation and almost mocked it with the release of Scream. This fresh take on the sputtering genre dissected slasher films, exposing their ridiculous tropes while also respecting them, resulting in a screenplay that was almost a love letter to horror while building a backup from its ruins. It had the expected tropes of the virginal final girls, victims making dumb mistakes and a masked killer who could seemingly be everywhere at once, but it wasn't more of the same old formula that had turned moviegoers away. Instead, that formula was used for a meta wink at the audience. It told us, we know you're sick of this crap, but watch this. Then Scream would turn the old formula on its head, creating a film that was both funny and frightening, but also refreshingly smart. Scream ended with its killers revealed and very much dead. It could have stopped there, but something big happened. Not only did critics have great things to say about the film, but audience showed up in droves to the cinema to watch it, with it bringing in $103 million just in the United States alone. Horror was suddenly hot again. Scream had single-handedly saved the horror genre. No other franchise can claim to have done anything close to that. (laughs) Theo. I would like to make a clear that in my notes in the script it says discussion on screen. Fucking great film. <laughs> <laughs> I love scream. you know I love scream. I know you love it. It's 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 so good. It's all on screen for you. It's all on scream. I love an S film. <laughs> Sex! <laughs> um no, to me Scream does this thing where I feel rewarded as an audience. It's. It, I think it's. It's. I watch horror. You know. Yeah. I go to see the new releases. I watch the old stuff on, wherever I watch on Shutter on Amazon Prime on you Netflix. Have where I do have Shudder. I'll yeah. borrow that password. You can have. It. <laughs> um, oh no no. Oh, Is no, that illegal? Or maybe you will buy his own account. Don't okay. Worry. Um, but I appreciate horror, and whenever I watch a scream film, it feels almost like, not like a reward, but like kind of like validation. Because okay. it's, you always have like the we scream like nerd in the movie where he's like, "Nah, bro, this is like the sequel. That means like <sighs> there's there's two killers. Like there's gonna be more bodies." And oh, they refer you know, to it like I, like I can't trust you. Yeah, you're the you're the protagonist's best friend. I can't trust you. You're the killer. It's so meta, so self aware
0: that yeah. it almost feels like a comedy,
1: even though it's not. It's so so brilliant.
0: It is brilliant. And what I really, um, really
1: liked, obviously there's been quite a lot of Screams. Obviously in Scream, you have so, the in-series <laughs> franchise, which is called Star.
0: <laughs> it's so funny.
1: But I loved in the last Scream, I think it was Scream 6. Came I out, was not it? Scream 6, yeah. It was, I saw it twice. I've only seen Scream it. 1 and 4, is that bad? Oh, yeah, growing. I know.
0: On. But this is the thing, I'm not the expert here. I'm learning.
1: <laughs> You're learning, that's the thing. After this, I'm on your side it. of the audience. <laughs> I'm not. I'm your lecturer today. <laughs> um, but basically Scream 6 done this really funny thing where they were like, oh my god, like what are we? Um, because basically the two girls had moved from the wee city to New York to go to uni. What's the and the place? killer came after them. So then... What's the place called? Something Creek? Something. something? Maybe. Something like that. Something similar. West? We find Westboro? No. It's Westboro. Yeah. It is. It's Westboro.
0: Westboro to New York City. New
1: York. They go to New York and then the killer comes Which after is so them still.
0: Friday the. No, was it Friday the 13th? Friday the 13th. Yeah. Didn't they do that one movie? Yeah. They did. And it's then so they good. did it the subway and then they also did it in yeah. stream. So it's like you have them in New York
1: and then the girl's like, wait, what is this? And she's like, we're a franchise now. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It's so self aware. It's brilliant i like, what I love about this one, because obviously it's just became a franchise, it's Scream 6, mm-hmm. so you know, we're going on alternative routes, like, in the, this is spoilers by the way, but you listen to the podcast, you know what's gonna be, um, in this they have like, there's like a, it talks about like fans of like true crime. And honestly, oh. because in the Scream movies, it's all real. Yeah. Like, so this it train actually train happens. Yeah. So there's, like, a wee museum full of, like, artifacts. <laughs> from, the from, like, screen all the Scream killers. <laughs> like, and they're like, oh, my God, that's a TV that crushed his head. Mm. And it's, like, just in this wee museum. And
0: Robert's sitting there. Uh, she's like, oh. she did." I don't know if she died, actually. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> really re-watched I really um,
1: But Scream's amazing, and I really, really love it. Yeah. Um, what's your sort of vibe on
0: Scream? Um, Scream is always one of those ones where I'm like, Oh, I need to get into watching all those movies. Um, but I remember so I, I I really 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 enjoyed the first one. So I don't know why I didn't continue Do you know to watch No, I say as well. And scream. Sorry. Cast. Go on. Scream
1: Six was the only screen that scared me. And I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you for a while. I'll, I'll tell you tell for a while. For I'll while. Tell <laughs> I, I went to see it. I went to a midnight screening mm. on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a massive massive cinema. I saw it in London, West London, and Westfield. Was it busy? Um... Not overly, which is why it was scarier because I felt like I was on my own watching the whole thing, and then obviously I come out of the cinema at about half two in the morning. Oh, pitch black, dead in ass. a big city. In the big city, in I have to get silly. the night bus home no. alone after watching that subway chase scene. Right, and scream Six. Thank with God the, the tunes off. and I was like, I was actually like heart palpitation going dead. I was gonna, die. I was convinced Ghostface was after me. I mean, it's London. It's London. He's <laughs> <It's laughs> coming for someone? me.
0: That's Screen
1: it 7. Was, it was really, really good.
0: Screen 7 to London, we go on the to bus. London, we go on the bus! <laughs> he falls on the stairs. We go on the bus <laughs> <I have> No! <nine. laughs> Did I dox myself? Oh, not oh, anymore. Well. We don't live there. No, you don't.
1: Towards the end of the 90s, horror filmmakers started to realise that the slasher era had come to an end. The oversaturation of the market meant that there was nothing new to shock audiences with or even sell a film. Horror needed to come back stronger with a fresh take and something different to send shivers down an audience's spine. Filmmakers turned to television, intrigued by the rise of reality TV and internet culture. In 1999, the fictional story of three student filmmakers, Heather Donahue, Michael C. Williams and Joshua Leonard, who hike into the Black Hills near Burkittsville, Maryland in 1994 to film a documentary about a local myth known as the Blair Witch took the world by storm. But not just because of the film's release. More than a year before the Blair Witch Project hit theatres and became a cultural phenomenon, its central mystery had already gone viral. According to the movie's fledgling promotional website, which presented itself as a real investigative project, Three film students, Heather, Mike and Josh, had ventured into the Maryland woods in 1994 to shoot a documentary and then disappeared. Their footage was recovered a year later, providing evidence to support a disturbing legend. The online message boards began to buzz with questions about the story's truth. The hype, intrigue and scepticism surrounding the account, fueled by the internet's advent, grew through the movie's premiere in July 1999. What eventually emerged a feature-length film made of spliced together scenes of shaky home video footage made the demise of its all three characters seem all the more authentic and terrifying of course the whole thing was fiction but a lot of viewers didn't know that going in and after the release of the blair witch project the found footage concept quickly spread Low-budget features like August Underground and September tapes aimed to replicate the Blair Witch formula, but without the mystery surrounding their origins, they couldn't reproduce the immediacy and potency. Have you seen The Blair Witch Project, Theo?
0: I think it's one of those movies where I've seen so much of it separately, where I feel like I've seen it. Yeah. You've seen Um... The Nose Bubble the what's oh movie. yeah her <laughs> big move and I saw the scary movie one where like, it gets massive and explodes um, yeah um, it's one of it, my favourite films yeah it, it's one of those ones where like you can put you can do your time in of horror and be like this was like something that the audience is you know, we talked about back with uh, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Where they were all like, ah! screaming, painting in the cinema, yeah, exorcist, exorcist. where they were doing that? Ah! Another one of those where they're like, actually, like, the audience were like, kind of horrified. Yeah. And if I felt, is this maybe like the last instance of that kind of level of... I feel like fear. This movie came out at the perfect time. Five
1: years earlier, it wouldn't have the same effect. Five years later, it wouldn't have the same effect. It was because of The new internet. internet. And the newness of the internet. You know, people were well, starting to message. And it was in that day and age where people believed every single thing they saw on the internet. Uh-huh. They thought it was truth of God. They thought it was the gospel. It was like, the encyclopedia! Exactly. So <laughs> Everything it was like
0: was If they seen it
1: on the internet, it was real to them. And uh-huh. I, I don't know how true this is, but I do remember growing up, hearing tales of the promotion of their witch project. And I think, don't quote me on it, because I did Google it and couldn't really find anything completely factual, but... Apparently, they like put up like the pictures of the actors oh, on milk cartons
0: missing. Yeah, which is insane. Not never do that. I, way. Absolutely insane. Because your people never will get be like like that anymore. No, and it's heartbreaking. <laughs> but at the same time, like, you're literally putting real people you aren't missing on oh, missing cartons. Like, missing, like, I don't know. Yeah, but that's so
1: exciting to me. Like, imagine right now a film with this level
0: of cinematic rollout. It would fucking stop the world. I mean, I know that some Cloverfield series did it. I actually used to listen to a podcast. Never seen Cloverfield or anything, but I used to love it. And it, they, would, like, talked about the the ARG, as I believe you talk about, where the promotional mm. stuff is, like, put out into the, like, in, as it was real, like, here and there. And yeah. people have to discover it themselves. Like, they wouldn't even promote it. They'd, like, put up a website. And somebody would have somehow stumble across it and be like, yeah. is this linked to the movie? And then like that would be like their marketing. Yeah. And I just for some reason loved listening to that podcast. I was like, ooh, ooh. this is fun. And I never watched it. was for 10 Cloverfield, I yeah. never watched it. It was really good, I quite liked Tank it. 10 Cloverfield, yeah.
1: yeah. You know, the sequel. Inspired it was in my- by low-key true events, but I don't think they even realised it. I just put two and two <laughs> together. I had read news reports regarding things and seen them. on one
0: thing. Cloverfield's a phone footage movie. Yes. Ken Cloverfield's not? Not phone footage. The th- is very there a third very one? cinematic, but very good. Okay. The third one there's a third one, right? I didn't know there was a third okay. one. I think there is. Anyway. Maybe there is. I don't think it's fine footage either. Um
1: but I really really like that which growing up to me it was a uh, I was scared of it growing up. I'm not sure why. I I knew it was fictional, but something about my parents telling me it wasn't real, and then me well, doing my own research, putting, like, every documentary about it, watching that, and being like, they all said it was real. Well, for the, for
0: the actors, it did feel real as well, though. Yeah, they they, they tortured didn't what, them. They, they were, like, no. actually putting them through psychological hell. Yeah, like, I remember hearing accounts
1: of uh, the girl who played Heather. I remember watching an interview with her, and she was saying that one night...
0: Um, they, they sorry, were in the tent on. and like producers went up and like bashed the tent yeah. and they were shit scared and they made a whole monster for it that never got saw because exactly. they never filmed it No, they were like made a whole monster but it's good though that it didn't get shown but like it was like they were like in the forest all hoping that the actors would film it somehow but yeah. they never did <laughs> they, never <came laughs> the but, um, um, they were too shit scared to go oh look at that they'd be like fucking run like,
1: <laughs> do, you, do you know how the movie ends have you seen that final scene he's face in the corner he's face in the corner and um, you just like the camera drops and you hear screams. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. Wait,
0: hold on. How did that work? Did they then... so I'm not, I'm not thinking about, did they go to, did they find the actor and like, hey guy hey it's me. Uh you know how to film the same restart stand on the corner. <laughs> so I don't know. Like I remember as Because obviously like, the they whole time they went they, they, they went A like the producers, everyone went A-Wall from them, right? They're Near not enough. really. They like Luke,
1: he went A-Wall, but they basically designed this track. Oh. Where they would have to be at certain stops by a different time just so they could like you know, like replenish them with like food and water and like oh, right. change the camera batteries and like stuff like that. Okay. So like I do feel oh, like I there know. was a, there wasn't interaction per se, but there was definitely like, okay, we know we're still doing this every so often. Uh-huh. Fair. Um, which would have like healed Very their minds a bit. Very creative. <laughs> I <creative. And>, like, <laughs> I'm low-key no like sad that I wasn't alive and aware for the whole rollout of the film because it's really up my alley. <laughs> we just missed it. <laughs> you locked down my corn. Um okay. we just missed it. By fresh two
0: years. Um Yeah. But see if I, I was if I was born then I would have been baby in the cinema. Okay. Baby in the cinema. Wow I, I was Well witch wow, witch <laughs> <laughs> My first words were bitch.
1: Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, so yeah. I just get really excited about it. I do feel like it was the perfect move. It sort of, you know, it took horror out of that dark age that it was still sort of in after Scream because everything was still very slasher-based and it gave horror something new and fresh. And obviously, you know, Well, Blair this Witch... is
0: like a transition kind of into a... It was. In, back into the paranormal into era age. we were going into, yeah. sort of. Because
1: obviously from Blair Witch, you know, we got Cloverfield, we got Paranormal Activity. Yes. We got this array of found footage horrors. As above, so below i love <laughs> as above so below it's one of my favorite films mm. and you know we wouldn't have got anything and do you know what can i be honest on the record can i be honest oh the rain it's it quiet for you there the rain went what are you saying if the blair witch project did not have that real right it would not be a nearly a successful film right okay if it didn't have the whole no, legend no, 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 build up yeah. if it didn't think that it was real found footage from three people who had really went missing it would not have been successful, and I think that goes to show just how important a rollout is, especially for horror. I feel like some people think that if a horror is a good horror, it can just stand on its own two days. It fucking can't. <laughs> like, we even talked about the rollout for The Exorcist, mm-hmm. and they had like they had invited preachers and priests and. You to know, like church people on to it. like talking about how anti Christian it is, and and radio, it, because that boosts publicity, yeah, that gets the name out, and that's similar to what they've done with the Blair Witch Project.
0: Mm-hmm. Think of
1: it now if there was a new serial killer, for example, say there was like a serial killer living in the woods in <sighs> Lady Dixon's Forest Park, right? No. And then <laughs> next year, a documentary that's by the uki spooky background, a, a sort of documentary. We found footage of people who went missing looking for the serial killer in Lady Dixon's Forest Park. Came out. Uh-huh. Would you not fucking flock to see that?
0: Flock to see that? You him. would! Well, to be fair, Because like. it, it
1: must... comes in on your own interest. It's something you already feel like you know about. Yeah. And it's something you feel like you'll finally get closure to. Even though you never do.
0: Well, did people. I don't know if I'm misremembering. Did people actually try to like go and find the Blair Witch as if it was something real? As if like did people not go out probably as and an aftermath, maybe to do like a because they thought I don't know. I thought I don't know, maybe that I can't. I don't know. I don't I, know I, 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 know I know they did it fabricate not. it for the movie. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But like, I, like people who thought it was real. I don't know. But um, I thought it was, I thought I misremembered. I just think it's interesting how, you know,
1: after one hundred <clears throat> years of horror, we went from German expressionism, these big bold scarce, like. Dark contrast shapes and color well not colors tones right it was black and white <laughs> yeah we went from that then this big grandeur surrounding horror to literally BHS footage in a forest <laughs> yeah almost exactly a hundred
0: years later but they still had almost the same effect and it allowed. Little small filmmakers make something similar as well. It did because it, made, it was uh, no It opened up the genre, uh, the horror
1: genre. It to, said horror to... doesn't have to be done by a production company. It said you can do horror at home by yourself
0: <laughs> on your little camera, on your
1: little camera phone, on your Nokia. Um, yeah. And I think that was exciting, and I think that also would have added to the scare factor because it you didn't suddenly have this big studio front to hide behind. Uh-huh. This was something your neighbors could have made. This was something your sister could have made. <laughs> It really Mm -hmm. brought horror into the house Into the home Into the home (laughs) And that scares people At the turn of the century Horror had just about saved itself From a loss of utter cinematic respect With the resurrection of found footage And a meta nod to its audience Horror firmly held its place In the world of cinema so Theo, that was your wee slasher era and the start of the dark age of horror. Oh, sorry, I dropped my keys. You'd think it was a ghost. Oh,
0: The Blair Witch! The Blair Witch <laughs> is here. <laughs> She's in the corner. <laughs> Hi, girl. Hi. I'm the Blair Witch. Speaking um, of which, didn't they they end up showing her in the remake? Yeah, disappointing. Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> But we all make mistakes. Yeah.
1: So what do you sort of think of these? Um, We covered two decades. We covered a long time there. Apologies if we fled through and there were some highlights that uh, we didn't cover such as Killer Clowns from Outer Space it's a cult favourite I didn't talk about it I didn't think it was important oh yeah
0: we didn't even talk about like the Stephen King horror movie. we didn't the, talk about The Shining either the Shining, which was Loki the first
1: slasher but not really
0: kind, th- wait was there um, any there was one murder in The Shining no? I think he kills the hotel guy yeah maybe it was Weird. just the
1: one I just mean it's I classed just as like, like a slasher right. because it follows similar troops mm-hmm. Final girl-ish. girl-ish kind of. Final girl-ish. Lots of blood. Shelley Levoire. And that lift. Oh. Mm. Oh, lots of blood. Um, Fill it up. I don't know. Movies from this period... I'm going to be real, They don't fucking scare me. There's nothing scary about them. You mean the... But they're in... They're they interesting... comfort me. Right. They... I feel like if if I watch them and I'm into them and I give it my full attention, the, what they're alluding to scares me. Uh-huh. You know, what they're talking about what they're commenting on, what they're alluding to is frightening, but the execution isn't. And I think for, it almost gave horror a younger target audience instead of it being a older demographic, strictly like you have to be, seen and immature and ready to handle this. You could be young and you could watch it because if it did scare you, you could just hide behind the oblivious practical effects that looked so shit.
0: (laughs) Right, yeah, okay. What do you think about the sort of era? Um, like I said in the beginning, I don't pay a lot of attention to the slasher goodies. Um, yeah. But, as far as horror goes, its most iconic films, I feel like, came out of the era.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So, I definitely I th- appreciate her, mm-hmm. um, despite not typically watching. I mean, but like, I like Scream. I guess because of its uh, willingness to take the piss of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think this
1: decade was the most important for horror because it really put horror in the mainstream. Um, Okay. In a way where horror was almost like an alt girl indie girl in the cinema world, but whenever you see Freddy Krueger plastered in everything from pre marked pajamas to candlesticks, (laughs) like, you sort of, you know, it solidified its (laughs) place. Kind of um, I, I don't know if they're a thing I'm going to have to go you mean like the merry ones yeah like the Mary with like, yeah, <laughs> like Freddy Krueger I'm going to have to buy a couple do my prayers um, <laughs> but uh, it was a really really important time for horror and it was it was something different it tried it mm-hmm. did it take off I guess it made a lot of money and obviously nowadays in the past six years ten years we've seen a lot of reboots of these classic series we survived another three Halloween films that no one fucking asked for, but right. um, but I am not new. Not really like new, ones, really? sort of stiper, slasher. Stipper. I mean, there has been a few new slashers. Cocaine Bear, for example. You were um, called? Okay, <laughs> I haven't seen it. I uh, just no, didn't buy. <laughs> um, Winnie the Pooh, the horror was the slasher. Was it? Yeah. Um, okay. You know, we had X. What's X? Oh, X. X. And Pearl. Well, is Yeah. Pearl. Well, X is okay. Pearl, uh, Pearl to me is more of a drama. Right. The drama horror instead of slasher horror the way X is. Yeah, um, We had large. many, many Child's Play and Chucky remakes. So, I forgot about Child's Play. <laughs> yeah, it's it's big. So obviously, slasher is yeah. still very much about, but I do feel like when people buy a movie ticket to go and see a slasher, they already know how it's going to end. And to me, I don't like to go into horror knowing everything. I like to be scared. I like to be on the edge of my seat. I like uh-huh. to be rooting for, an audit, uh, rooting for a character. I like to be you know, sob when a character gets murdered. I like mm. to be, like, oh, oh, like, stunned when it's left ambiguous if they're dead or not. Like, Scream 6, when Courtney Cox, is she dead? Is she fucking not? Do we, Let me so know. No.
0: I no. saw that scene on Twitter, actually. <laughs> Somebody posted it. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Do you know what? what? Some
1: behind-the-scenes tea that I found out. Because oh. I, I go deep when I research these. Basically, in the original... I don't know why. I, I'm, like, whispering into the microphone. Um, Basically, in the original draft of the script for Scream 6, yeah, Um, obviously Sydney was in it and Courtney Cox's character died but because then Sydney Neve Campbell didn't come back for screen six they didn't want to kill off their only legacy character who came back because obviously Judy had died in the film before before, so they didn't want to then have no legacy characters left so they left her death ambiguous to see if Neve Campbell comes back for the next film and if she doesn't then she's dead no if she doesn't she's alive if she does then she's dead essentially (laughs) it's all rules of a franchise at the end of the day and I feel like Scream have to
0: oblige um, So yeah, so, so that I also, is. So I have one more. Requ- it was. It was just. When was the last time you got surprised? At who the killer was revealed to be in Scream? Last know, have time. Actually? Yes.
1: Where? <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> the la- Scream Six. Really? I think, it was like. Yeah, yeah because I. I'll not tell you the name of the killer because I do, it did give me a wee surprise, but it was basically a character who you'd seen die earlier in the film, gruesomely uh, die, Wait, who came back to be one of the, there's three killers in Scream 6, I'll tell you that now. Okay, alright. I think it's brother, sister, dad, it's family anyways. Oh. Um. And they're basically they're carrying on from an older killer who didn't make it because I really it's a whole thing. Okay. Okay, um, okay. It's it's one of the screens where you have to watch one, two, three, four, Shit, five, oh and right. then six. Okay. Otherwise, right. it doesn't really no, make okay. sense. But then they I'll do do, that. do a good job of explaining it. You sort of get Did it. anyways. They do do. Um. Okay. So yeah, that's that week. This week. Um, I like this. Next week, <gasps> on the podcast, uh, we go into my, my. Crush, my horror crush, my favorite subgenre. Yes, we're talking torture porn. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking uh, We're going to be talking Saw. We're going to be talking Final Destination. We're going to be talking all things gruesome and gory that are sort of irrelevant to the story, but they still show it because why fucking not? We're oh. going to be talking the second renaissance. We're going to be talking... <laughs> The Blumhouse Productions era. We're going to be talking James Wan's fucking control over the horror genre in the past 15 years. We're going to be getting into that. We're going to be getting into The Conjuring, The Nun, Annabelle, Annabelle Creation. Oh, wow. Annabelle Origins, whatever Annabelle's there was. The Conjuring 2, 3. We don't have a 4 yet. The The, trailer for The The Nun 2 came out today. The Nun 2? The Nun 2. Oh. Uh, Yeah no one liked the nun one though I didn't hear it it was just very the nun, one. <laughs> the nun one.
0: <laughs> the <laughs> one the nun one the nun one the nun one
1: Um. speaking of the so nun s- did you know you won't because you haven't seen all the Friday the 13th but did you know that Freddy
0: Krueger's mum was a nun you didn't um, oh yeah okay interesting yeah it's cool. So um, we're going to Ed and the Ream Warren Cinematic Universe? Yes, so <laughs> next week uh, we will be doing a Ouija board and inviting Ed and the Ream Warren on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> so what do you um, think of The Conjuring 1? She's like, I love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> S-H-I-T! I, uh, I no. shit all due
1: respect, we still love Ed and Levine Warren and their services to demonology. Mm. Um, And the only demonologists to be believed and practiced through the Catholic Church are very interesting people. So oh, I it'll do be know. a very big, big week next week. That'd
0: be a long one, who knows?
1: Um, it probably will. I love this era of horror, as yeah, I say, yeah, every week. It.
0: I'm excited for this one. Um, this is probably the one really I good. would be more I think familiar it's one we're with. Yeah,
1: because, correct me if I'm wrong, but your family aren't horror people. No. So if you want to be introduced to older films before our time, you have to find them yourself. Yeah. Which is why this... Era, the sort of last 20 years are your vibe because you were there for them. I was there, you were there yeah. firsthand. You've yeah. aged My four first in The horror cinema.
0: film was saw something. saw something, saw something. It was, I, I think, I remember, it saw three from you describing it to me before. It, yeah, the last one was Brazen Bull, was the last. Yeah, was killed, his wife was anyway, it doesn't matter, right? Well, anyways, um,
1: if you like hearing our voices, I've been Jordan. I've been Theo. Follow the Insta. Follow the Insta at one and a half guys. That is the number Exciting one. Exciting things happen over
0: there. Gaze. You need to it's follow actually, it. It's actually
1: like really vibes. Like you're missing out. If you're not following the Instagram, you're only getting half the, the story. story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. That's at one and a half guys on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We don't number really one. post. We're on Twitter. We don't really do that either. So Instagram is the place to find us. we oh um, As always, share with your friends. Share with your horror people. Share with Freddy Krueger him himself, if you know him. Mm. and if you have any little stories or anything of, like, your experience with horror, maybe the first time you saw a horror film, you shot the bed, maybe <laughs> your mum threw you across the room because she thought you were possessed. Um, when I was younger, my mum checked my forehead for 666 because she thought I was Damien from The Omen. It's We all have stories. Um, So write in you... us. Tell us your stories. I would love to do, like, a wee bonus episode at the end where we talk about our listeners and our experiences with horror. Oh, please. That'd be so much um, fun. Please. I think it'd be really cute. We love giving back. The So... Ends. Yeah, that is everything for this week. Until next week, sleep tight. Do you like scary movies, Sydney? We're all afraid of the same. Death, pain, injury, all of it is the same. Which makes a movie that deals in our fears. You